Hello and welcome. I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Meg Berryman, and you are listening to the Beyond Being Well podcast, a show dedicated to helping women leaders like you take your wellness journey to your wholeness journey and beyond. Join me as we explore relationships, work, money, health, and purpose, and interview the best of the best in women's empowerment so that you can love deeply, expand fully, and contribute to a better tomorrow. So let's get cozy, settle in, and dive straight into the magic. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Meg. And today I am going to dive right into a subject that may make you feel a little bit uncomfy, but bear with me, I'm going to be super quick and super concise about it. And this is your opportunity to take back the power over your money rather than it having the power over you. Something I'm really passionate about is helping women leaders understand that whichever area of our life we're looking at, be it the relationships we have, the way that we parent, the food in our fridge and the way that we're eating, the career that we have, or the money that we have or look after, all of those things represent the same underlying beliefs and symptoms. And so how we relate to them, we can start to see patterns across all the areas of our life. And there is none that has so much charge as money. So in this podcast, I'm going to share my money story and I'm going to talk about why I'm not the expert. I'm going to talk about my beliefs and stories around money and where they came from, the impact of those beliefs and stories. And then I'm going to be really clear about how I'm tackling it. And trust me that I've read a lot in the last six months. I've done a lot of workshops, a lot of reading, a lot of um, kind of experimentation, and I've distilled it down into six steps that I know are really going to help you start to feel empowered in this area. So let's get started. My money begins with a, similarly to my relationship with food, to a fundamental misunderstanding in that I mistook money for love. And so my early memories of money are ones where money was a facilitator of something that made me feel loved. And so, you know, when I'd hang out with my mom or my aunties or um, even other friends and they bought things for me, be that like food or treats or whatever, I really felt valued and seen and I loved it. And I think starting very young, I had this understanding that money was something that you could use to buy like love and affection from others. And I know that sounds crazy, but maybe there's something in you that's like, oh yeah, totally me too. And so the impact of that is my whole life, I've been really over generous with my money. And I have, when people don't give me money or when I struggle to earn money or when clients aren't converting, I have a very strong emotional charge around that meaning that I'm not liked. Okay, so we have this idea that money and love are connected and enmeshed within me. 
There's also this story that I have around money being hard and stressful and that to get money, I need to work more and that working is stressful. And so you have to understand that when it comes to money, we're talking about imprints that are not only imprints that we receive from society and our parents as young children, we're talking about epigenetic imprints. As in, I was an egg in my mother's uterus when she was inside my grandma. And so what that means is that epigenetically, I have imprints in my DNA around scarcity because two generations ago, it was a vastly different world to what it is now. And there was war and there was lots more kids and there was hardship. And so a lot of us carry subconscious kind of patterning around money, which isn't even necessarily our own. And so I think this idea of like, I need to work really hard to survive is um, something that a lot of us have um, from that imprint. And we've come to associate money, like the energy of money, as this deep survival thing, right? Like not only that money equals validation and love, but that without money, I can't survive. And this is the story that gets so many women and so many clients I work with stuck in a pattern of working overworking, overgiving, and not having the courage to find a plan to transition jobs or careers when it's not soul aligned. And that's something I love helping women with. So we have these two kind of stories that have really impacted the way that I've managed my money, the way I've earned my money and the way I've spent my money. It's also impacted my health and lot and relationships and lots of other areas as well. So growing up, I I felt this like shame around money and I felt like it was something that was sneaky and that I couldn't talk about. And even now, like when it comes to paying people, I'm super charged around it. Like I'm so quick to pay invoices. um, And yet when I have to deal with cash, like we've had um, a guy doing a renovation for us and he's a great guy. I really like him. But every time I've had to like deal with money, I I don't want to, like, I don't want to give the cash to him because there's some kind of weird embarrassment thing going on there. I don't know what that is. I haven't unpacked that yet. But can you see how all these stories have a really drastic impact on the way in which we live our life because if we're always in this, like, nervous system survival instinct of, like, I need more, it's really, really taking us out of that soul alignment, out of our groundedness, out of our centeredness and out of our sacredness. And so my, my practice has been, how do I make money sacred again? How do I see it for what it is, which is just an energy, which is transacted, um, in relation to value. How can I value myself enough and my work to openly receive money How can I look after my money when I have it? Because I think that's been the biggest challenge for me. Like I'm great at earning money when I need to. I'm great at spending money. I'm not so great at managing it. And I just simply never learned. And this is where we have to come in with a huge dose of self-compassion and be like, this shit was not taught at school 
relationships and money, the two biggest things which stress us as adults, were not taught to us how to manage it, how to earn it properly without burning out, how to invest it. And you have to understand that this has been purposefully used against women, that we've been purposefully excluded from financial places in order for a few to retain the privilege um, in the capitalist system. And so it's not your fault. You haven't done anything wrong. And even if you're in debt, it's totally understandable because we live in this system where debt is so normalized. And so I guess these stories kind of, and, and then the context, the societal context led me to overspend, particularly on things which didn't align with my values. So I was very oriented towards peer-based feedback and I would spend a lot of money like going out and keeping up appearances and giving gifts and, um, maintaining a lifestyle, which I thought would enable me to receive, uh, validation and love but which in the end just landed me in debt. So in my 20s, you know, it was this always this struggle of like living paycheck to paycheck. And um, that has kind of continued even as I've transitioned into my own business. And I've always justified it by like, well, now I'm having babies and like always had reasons for why money has been hard for us. Um, but the truth of the matter is I've never taken the time to fully empower myself until this year. And let me tell you that just in the first three months of this year alone, even with a brand new baby, I've, this work has helped me nearly pay off $5,000 worth of credit card debt, which had accumulated just because my husband and I work contract work and cash flow is difficult to, um, to forecast and it was just silly debt that we'd used you know on things aligned with our values like vet bills and things but which had accumulated but we've nearly paid that off and I'm just feeling so much more in my body like which is testament to the fact I'm able even able to sit here and talk to you about it in addition to the spending and debt I wasn't building strong foundations and strong roots for my future. And this is something that a lot of women land in trouble with later in life. It keeps us from really working in our soul work, expressing our fullest self, because we're always kind of chasing our tails and not investing in our super in a way which is going to set us up later in life. And it comes from this kind of disempowerment and story that someone will come and take care of us and it really keeps us dependent and disempowered um i've talked about how i was overgiving and underselling and more than that my money stories were keeping my nervous system in a state of fight or flight and keeping me in a state where I was living past traumas and emotions over and over and over again. And I was repeating the same cycles with money. And so you can see how these stories like money is love, money is stressful, money is shameful, money is selfish, and money is hard, which are my stories, really started to play out on a grand scale. And so what am I doing about it? This is what you all want to know. 
So the first step is to get really, really super motivated that this is going to be the year that you get empowered and get educated about your money. Don't worry about all the shame and the victim story. Just be where you are, take responsibility and get motivated. Now for me, wealth accumulation is never going to be a strong value of mine. And so I had to find a way of getting motivated to manage my money, which was related to my values. And so my values around family and nature and giving and um, contribution and empowerment, right? And growth. And so I really framed it as I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to grow through the challenge and I'm going to meet the needs of my family in a new and fantastic way by being able to have the resources, not only for my future, but for holidays and amazing experiences now. And so find a motivating thing aligned with your values that is going to keep you in inspired action rather than in shame and guilt. Step two, get clear on your financial picture. So I did a lot of different kind of stock taking, but really what it's about is getting a picture of your net worth. So you want to take down in a spreadsheet all of your income sources, all of your assets, And then on the other page, you want to have all of your expenses and all of your debts. And you want to have a good picture of your net worth. And even if you think, "I'm oh God, I'm in so much debt. Well, if you own a house, your net worth is, um, you know, maybe your deposit of the house. Even if the mortgage um, and the bank owns a lot of it, you still own a percentage of it. And that includes your net worth. Looking at the big picture is really important because otherwise we can get bogged down in like the ups and downs of the financial market and we can get really stuck in these stories like it's not working, oh, it's really hard. So always look for your net worth to be increasing, going in the positive direction and it will ride up and down and it will fluctuate. But as long as you feel like your net worth is going in the positive direction, which includes like all your assets, your house, your super, um, your cash, and then your, your expenses are starting to draw more into alignment with your values, then that is going to set you up really, really well. So the third step is to identify the biggest stories and beliefs that are impacting your ability to manage and increase your net worth. So I want you to start being very curious when you are talking about money, when you are spending money, when you are managing money, what are some of the stories coming up? And just when you hear yourself saying like to your kids, oh, money's dirty, or we can't have that because we can't afford it. You'll find yourself using language, which really gets to the heart of the story. And then, so you keep following that. So you say, why is money dirty? Why can't we afford it? And keep asking why, why, why until you hit something that you say which has a really high emotional charge. Something like, because having money makes me bad. Because rich people are selfish. Whatever it might be, you'll find something that has a really strong emotional charge and that is your invitation to write that money story down and to start doing some work on it. And I'm not going to go into how you do the work around it because I do that one-on-one, but it's really important to look for the evidence as to why that's not true. Fourth, 
Be really clear on your values and spend in alignment with them. Someone says that I heard recently said, you know, spend excessively on things that you really love and rein everything else unnecessary in. Okay. And so like, I'm never going to be someone that cuts out my coffee in the morning, but how I meet that need might change. So I'm making more at home now. And, you know, we have lots of different ways to meet needs. And I think some of the stories we tell ourselves around, well, I really value organic food and I really, that's fine. But then you may not necessarily be able to have your organic cake and eat it too. We need to make decisions. The fourth step is to get savvy. So get really educated, choose some books. I'm happy to share some in the show notes, listen to podcasts, read the financial part of the newspaper. Just joking. That's really boring, but find ways to get educated and no longer make an excuse that you don't understand or you can't do it because they're just stories and they're not actually true. Have a go at listening to some books and some resources around women and money and just start to let it sink in by osmosis without you needing to necessarily like work yourself into the ground or panic. This is like a long-term process. It's a practice and so it's going to take some time. Fifth, focus on where you do have wealth and stay out of scarcity. So it's really important to understand that scarcity attracts scarcity, debt attracts debt. And so focusing on what you don't have and how hard it is, is only going to bring more of that in. Focus on where you are wealthy, not necessarily financially. Where are you wealthy in your relationships? Where are you wealthy in the clothes that you own and the roof over your head and the food you get to eat? Where are you wealthy in the love that you have and the abundance that surrounds you in terms of nature? You are wealthy. It just hasn't come necessarily in the form of financial because you haven't focused your energy there. And the more you do focus your energy there, the more you will see improvement. And so stay really connected to wealth as a holistic concept, not just money. And lastly, celebrate when you do have the wins. So really, really like have big little parties for yourself when you do um, pay off a credit card or when you do um, listen to a book or when you do get some extra resources like throw a little party because it's all going to add up. We're building the scaffolding and the education. Then we're working on our beliefs in order to bring about change in our net worth. And it's really, really, really important to understand that all the austerity in the world and all the increase in income in the world won't change a thing if the mindset and the beliefs and the stories remain the same. This is why lottery winners often lose all their money in the first year because they haven't changed their mindset to be one of wealth consciousness. So that is my, I said six steps, it was five steps. That is my five steps that I am taking and I'm really enjoying it. And I'm really in my like growth mindset and I'm really being supported. And so I encourage you that wherever you are, just start, just start by acknowledging where you are and setting an intention for tomorrow to be a new day where you can start again. I hope this has been useful. I really wish you a beautiful 
week. My little baby is crying. So I'm going to run. Until next time, sending lots of love. Ciao. For more inspiration, connection, and exclusive invites to coaching and retreat opportunities, go to my Insta page at Meg J Berryman or www.beyondbeingwell.com Thank you.